Let's pray. Uh, Father, this is your household, Lord, and we, uh, we are humble stewards. I pray, Father, that you will have your way in each one of our lives, Father, as we, as we labor alongside you, Father, and as we, we try and hear your voice and steer in your direction and keep in line and in step with you, Father. I pray that you will bless our offering that we bring to you, Father, and that you'll multiply it and that you'll glorify it into the more and into the nations. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. So the queen is dead. <laughs> Which one, eh? queen is dead. Crazy, eh? I don't know much about it, but I, I just, it's not in my notes, but um, I just realized, sorry, for those of you who don't know me, I see a lot of faces that I don't know, and for the still by guys, my name's Adrian, my beautiful wife, Jessica, and uh, I don't know where's our children, but they're somewhere. <laughs> but um, yeah, we just, we love Jesus, and we love being a part of this household, and it's just beautiful. So the queen, as we sang, being throned, eh? Being throned upon the nations. Our Lord of Lords. He was and he is and he's coming. He doesn't have a 70 year reign. He doesn't have his diamond and his jubilee. What, what diamond and gold jubilees? He was on the earth reigning already before we were created. Before, yeah, he created earth. And he's still reigning and he still will be reigning by the time we get into eternity and we sing his praises. And it is just... I mean, I just watched some of the funeral of the queen and I just realized as an earthly queen and an earthly monarch, the wars that she's seen and the just fashion that has changed and technology that has changed and just life, the way we've been living. And that seemed so big, but we serve an even bigger God, an even bigger king um, who's seen eternity where we're going and he's seen the beginning where there was nothing um, and all these things that we get excited about, TikTok videos and stuff, I don't know, what, what do we get excited about these days? Uh, iPhone 14 that came out, was it no one? No, no. Is it 14? I think it's 14. Anyway, so um, yeah, so I want to, um, the title of my preach is Into the Arms of the Father. And the beautiful thing is that that king that we serve is also our father. And uh, I want to refer to a scripture that we all know so very well. Um, I didn't plan on just using that scripture, but it just, ugh, I mean, there's so many, we can stick to it. So let's look at Luke. Um, and obviously, it's not here in my notes now. So Luke 15, verse 11 to 32. It's a big passage of scripture, but it's a story, so it reads nicely. Okay, so let's read it. And he said, this is Jesus. He's going to do the parable of the prodigal son, for those of you who don't know. Anyway, so here we go. There was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all that he had and took a journey into the far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose and in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of, the, of that country who sent him into the fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came, but when he came to himself, he said, 
How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And, his, and the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring the fattened calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his oldest son was in the field, and he came and drew near to the house and heard the music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and, and um, entered him. But he answered his father, look, these many years I've served you, and I've never disobeyed your command, yet you never gave me your young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when, his son of, of, but when the son of yours came, who, was, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad, for this your brother was dead and is alive and was lost and is found. So it's a long passage of Scripture, but it is, there's just so many things in it. But what I want to focus on tonight is not on necessarily the older brother, because that's a whole passage of, just that's a whole preach right there of the older brother and the way he reacted. But what I want to focus on tonight is running into the arms of the Father. And Jesus used this parable as a parable of salvation, where our inheritance is, right? Um, we squander our inheritance by taking it and just leaving the household of God and going into the world, and we sin and we disobey um, our Father in heaven. And squander is such an interesting word of just wastefully just messing it up. You just blast your health. Right? And he wasn't wise. He wasn't a wise steward of it. But he took his inheritance, his salvation, and he just threw it away. And in the famine, when he had nothing, he realized, but even the servants in the household of my father has more than I have now. And in that moment, he repented in his heart. And he rehearsed the verse that he was going to say, or that line that he was going to say to his father. But he realized he needed to repent for the wrong that he's done, he need to turn and he need to go back to his father's household. Because the, the arms of the father is wide open. It's waiting for the son to return. For those of us, those of you who are not in the kingdom of heaven, the Lord is inviting you with open arms. He's waiting on your return. He's waiting to, 
to, to slaughter the fattened calf, to celebrate your return into kingdom and to welcome you in the household of God. And a big part of what I want to say tonight is if you're not secure in the household of God, in the Father that's waiting for you, and you're not sure that you are in the arms of the Father, then I trust that the Holy Spirit will convict you tonight to, to return to Him, to repent, and to come into the abundance of what God has for you in His kingdom. The abundance that is there. Even though you've squandered away, and you've disobeyed His cause, and you've, you've messed it all up, and you're in sin, but He's calling you. He's calling you tonight. He's waiting with that ring and that robe to restore you into that rightful position of heir, right? And giving you that inheritance again that you've squandered. That is your salvation. So that one day you can spend eternity with him. Huh? So, um, you see, Jesus didn't come. Jesus didn't make a way for those who, who are healthy. Jesus' blood is for those who have sinned and need, is in need of a physician. That's in uh, Matthew 9 verse 12. So he came for the sick. But some of us don't realize how sick we are. <laughs> so we're constant, yes, we have our salvation, but we're in constant repentance. And I've realized throughout this week that there's this lie that we sometimes believe. If you're saved or whether if you've wandered away from from your calling in the Lord is that you first need to purify yourself. You first need to quit the swearing. You first need to you first need to repent of your love of money. You first have to move out whether you're staying with your girlfriend or you first have to you first have to get yourself right. You first have to you you're in that pigsty at the moment, but you first feel you have to take a shower and get some clean clothes before you can go back into the household. But you see you can't. <laughs> Only the blood of Jesus can make you righteous. And for that, you need to run into the arms of the Father. For that, you need the salvation that Jesus has died for on the cross and he's gave his blood for. You can't do it without it. And the devil uses that as, as a method of keeping you away. Because you first, you just need to try a little bit more. You just need to, you need to pray more. You need to go buy a Bible. You need to open it more. You need, to, you need to at least get through the Gospels or read through the whole Bible before you can approach Jesus. The Lord's saying, come. Just get up. Repent and turn where you are with your dirty rags. Come as you are. Because as you walk through the blood of Jesus into the arms of the Father and the presence of the Holy Spirit falls on you, you see the darkness cannot but flee as the light comes. Right? So you see the darkness in your heart, and you know the light will remove that darkness, the light being Jesus and the, the, the purity of Jesus, the blood of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. But you try and make your own light. You try and with your own works, you try and make light so that the darkness can go and remove the darkness with your own little escom power. <laughs> You see, you need solar, man. <laughs> you, you need the light that'll shine. The constant light that'll shine and give you power. You need to step into the blood of Jesus. Ah, I don't know why I'm hammering this, but we try. We, we strive for 
promotion. We strive for uh, getting good grades, hopefully some of us. We strive to uh, look good and good clothes and whatever. We, we just, it's just the way the world is. It's how we look, how we do things. How, how can we look better? How can we, can I, can I give money to solidarity? Sorry, I'm not saying, but can I give money to so, some charity and get some tax back or something? I don't know. How can I be a good person? Can I give someone, you know, at the robot? Can I, can I just be better before I can approach this more, this kingdom, this inheritance that I've squandered? Because you see, it's there. You can't do anything with it. You, or no, you can't, you can't do anything for it. It's an inheritance. You receive it because of your position in Christ. You need that position in Christ before you can receive it. Without that position in Christ, there is no inheritance but death. But you need to step into Jesus and you need to accept him. Then you're an heir of eternity, right? You'll inherit eternity with God. You see, we serve a loving father. And we've read this in the parable. The father was waiting. He was ready. He was just waiting for the son to return. He was expectant. And when he saw him, he had compassion in his heart. Because he knows sin leads to sin, leads to death, and it's dark. And that's also what I felt before the time in worship, that that darkness, that depression is only one of it. But you don't have to deal with that on your own and first sort out your emotional stance. No, just get into Jesus. Just let his blood flow over you and just press more into him and into his kingdom. And the darkness cannot but flee. Right? So... In Matthew 22, verse 2, I didn't give the scripture, but the Lord has prepared a table at a wedding feast for us. But we need to step into it. We need to go to that wedding. We need to choose to enter it. You see, God has given us a choice, but we need to choose Him. We need to choose life, and we need to repent, and we need to, re we need to turn. And sometimes the prodigal son got that line, maybe by the grace of the Spirit, while it's a story, it's a... Anyway, so, but if you need to pray with someone, we'll do that. It's okay for someone to pray with you. That line, Father, I have sinned against heaven and you. Just give me a space. And you say, just a servant. Let me just get my hand into eternity. And Jesus says, no, no, you're my son. I've got a feast prepared for you. Come sit here at the table. Here's your ring and your robe of righteousness by the blood of Jesus, not by what you've done. Come and sit at the table and feast because you're an heir. All right. Something that came to me this afternoon in this parable that we sometimes miss is the son not only returned to his father and to what his father can give him, food and a place to stay and work, but he came back to a family. You see, there was a household. There was an older brother. There were other servants. There was a household that worked in the fields. He didn't just run back to a father where he can get protection and provision, but he, he ran back into a family. 
And it was so beautiful for me when I read, as the oldest son, the oldest son didn't just sit at home waiting or, you know, just chilling there on the couch. I don't know. What would they sit on? I don't know. Something, okay? No, he was working in the fields. He was laboring, right? Although he was the oldest son and he, well, although he was an heir and he didn't squander, he was obedient. To his father. He was laboring in the field and he came back of a hard day's work and he saw the feast. And I just realized after that fattened calf was killed and they had the amazing feast, I suppose the week after that, the younger son would have gone back to work, plowing the fields, laboring in his father's household. And I realized that it's the same Jesus is saying about the kingdom now. As we enter salvation, we celebrate and we get baptized in water. And that old is dead. It's buried. And the new has now come. And now, Jesus, I'm your servant, but I'm also an heir, right? But now I want to labor in my father's household. But he's, he's so graciously accepted me back. But now I can labor alongside him. I can work in his fields. And that is working in the household of God, which we believe is church. Laboring. We don't labor for our salvation because remember, we already are now, we have the ring and the robe. We've already been made righteous by the blood of Jesus. We've already inherited eternal life. But now we can start laboring in our father's household. Because now remember, we're now in his household. So by working the fields, by plowing the fields, by working with the other servants, that crop that yields is now also part of our crop. That's also part of our reward. The people that come in and that we can feed, or if we take the parable, the, um, the, uh, if they get married, the people that they bring in, the household that grows, that's also part of their inheritance now and their reward in the kingdom one day. And that is what we read in, in the New Testament so many times. It's about our eternal reward that is, is a reward that can't perish, a reward that can't be stolen. It's eternal. And it's got so much value because we need to store up our treasures in heaven. And that's bringing people in. And that's serving coffee to one another. That's inviting people into our houses by Inviting the guys from Stillby and giving them cupcakes. No, that's not, maybe we'll lose, I don't know, but. Uh, <laughs> that's going to funerals and bringing flowers and sending messages and encouraging one another. Not to be saved again, but encouraging one another to run the race and to keep on working in the field of our Father. Because our reward is tied in with that of the Father now. Because we're in the same household. You see, we're called into family. Yes, there's God, and there's Jesus, and there's the Holy Spirit, which is the center of it all. But there's also us, which are our brothers and sisters. And you'll see the older brother, I don't want to focus on him. It's a bit depressing, the older brother. But anyway, so the older brother couldn't even say, this son, he couldn't even say his brother that returned. No, the son of yours that has returned. No, we're brothers and sisters now. And we labor alongside each other. Because next week, the younger brother and the older brother will stand in the same field. And they work in the same field. And hopefully there will be more people coming to work in the field. And together they'll get excited about the crops that are coming. Together they'll get excited about new people getting saved. Together they'll be excited of 
people that have now returned from the pigsties and come into the more, into the fullness of God, what God has for them. Because we'll once this life is over, we'll enter eternity together with one another. So with that, I want to say, if you can imagine now, I imagined this this afternoon. I'm very much into family life now with our two children. It's crazy how the Lord speaks through children, eh? <laughs> For that, yeah. No, that's okay, no. <laughs> no. She's but so um if my son has left the house and he wanted his inheritance, I don't know if I would have given it to him, but anyway, so he leaves. But I <laughs> sinful man, anyway. And he he comes back and he's now alive. He was lost to me. I don't know where he slept, I don't know what he ate. I don't know where he, was he safe? Was he still alive? I don't know. He's off in the far country. And he comes back. And I rejoice. And we have this feast. And I journey with the older son. Because the younger son has returned and he's alive. Imagine how a week later he says, well, I'm leaving again to the far country. Huh? And we do that with one another. Not just in the flesh, but in the spirit. As we join this household and this family. And we join one another and we now labor together. And we see the births. And we see the, the, the dedications. And we see the weddings. And we see the, um, the marriages. And we see all these things. And we do life together. The sickness and the going through jobs. And just cars breaking down. And getting into accident. Just life together. In our family, we're laboring together. We see people get saved. We, we baptize them together. We walk with them. We have prize together. Burn the chicken. I didn't burn the chicken. Did I burn the chicken? I didn't burn the chicken. <laughs> and now you say, sorry, I'm off to the far country now. Cheers, boys. But we do that with one another, eh? But we shouldn't. We, we were not knitted in together with one another. We share our lives. And if the Father sends you to go put up a farm somewhere else, then God will. He'll be with you. Eh? If he says, there's the hill country, my son. I'm sending you with ample supplies and with blessing. And the Lord is calling you into the more. Then absolutely, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if we now again take up our inheritance, we again say, give me my portion I'm going into the far country. I'm going to see how this goes. You see, as elders in this house, we are appointed under shepherds. Maybe this is a bit heavy, but I suppose it is. But if we prepare dinner tonight, this is dinner, right? We've gone to the market <laughs> This week, I've gone to the market, and I said, Lord, what do you want to feed your sheep tonight? What do you want them to eat? Right? Michael Herford has prepared worship. He said, Lord, what shall we sing tonight? We've prayed, and we've wrestled. What, Lord, what are we doing tonight? We've prepared a feast. We've invited Jesus. He's here. And then we look to the table, and there's chairs open. We go, are they in the field laboring? Did they go to George to labor into George? 
No, no, they're here tonight as well. Okay, are they, are they sick? Are they in bed? Should we take them some soup from the table, from the wedding feast? No, they're not sick. Okay, are they, are they all right? Because you didn't come for dinner. I'm worried. Are you okay? Not because, not because I need you to labor. Because, you see, as the younger son went, the farm went on. The servants went on. The older son went on. It's not like the, sh- the farm went into shambles and when the younger son came back, he's like, okay, what can I save you? No. He came begging for a position in a thriving farm where there was famine in the rest of the country. Right? So this is not about we wanting, no, this is us laboring together. And we're not, when you're not here, we go, are you all right? Or are your heart longing to the things of the world? Are you being deceived? Are you, are you in a trap? Can we pray for you? Can we walk with you? It's not about just being here and filling a seat. No, no, it's laboring a field. It's pulling that plow together, walking into the moor together, advancing his kingdom with him together. I hope you get my heart in that. Is that all right? You see, the father takes care of his household. He provides. He protects. And he's, he's being faithful with what he has. That's Jesus as the shepherd. And then we as under-shepherds and community leaders and those guys who, just how we look after one another. And we should look after one another. It's not just us as elders. It's us as a household looking after each other. It's the brothers and the sisters Working the field together. Is that all right, Jan David? You look uncomfortable. Uh, sorry, I had to make a joke that was heavy. But you see, because it's so easy to take your portion and just go and squander it. It's easy. And it sounds lacquer. It looks lacquer. Because that's sin. Otherwise, why would other people do it? Ne? Is it just me? Ne? But no, we know that sin leads to sin leads to death. So therefore, we delight in the feast that the Lord has prepared for us. And yes, that means laboring. And yes, it means it will be costly. But you know what? I had nothing. I was, I didn't have food. The pigs had more to eat than I had. But then I could return into the father's household and I've got Abundance. So yes, I'd happily labor alongside the king and my father.